0: Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. Your favorite church unity podcast, probably. If you want to hear from pastors, professors, and everything in between. Right, sure. And, you know, the occasional train talk. Right, right, yeah. Uh, have we got the podcast for you? All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We're late, but we're still the Whole Church Podcast. I am your co-host, Joshua, and this is your host, Tiberius One. Uh-huh. You don't have anything else to say to that. Just, mm-hmm. Uh, yep, that's all i got to say. Alright, that's his name. It's Tiberius Juan. He's finally accepted it, everybody. Um, we should, before getting into everything, should we tell them about why we need money? Uh, well, we need money because everyone gets money, but also it costs money to run this podcast. Yeah, well, a me. lot of travel expense, a lot of software, a lot of hardware, a lot of trying to get guests, which today we don't really have guests. Oh, we do. We have two, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, more on that in a second. But um, the way you can support us is on our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast. Or you can just go to patreon.com, look us up. Um, for as little as $3 a month or as much as you want, you can just support us in trying to get the word out about church unity. We want to see the whole church whole again. And we think uh, one good way to do that is to get the word out, which unfortunately costs money to get ads or to oh. travel or really to do anything costs money. Eventually we're going to... So if, you just, if you just feel like you need to donate $1,000
1: one time, then uh, you're more than welcome to do that too. That's fine.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, TJ has a special savings account for when America becomes the O'Hare place and starts selling oxygen. He's prepared for that. Yeah. So you guys I, really need to help him out.
1: I'm actually bottling oxygen right now. Yeah. I plan to
0: compete directly with O'Hare. Yeah, so uh, if you support us, he might give you a discount when that happens. But for those of you who
1: don't understand, that was a Lorax reference.
0: And you should watch that movie, good movie. More importantly, read the book. It's a short book. It's a kid's book. It's Dr. Seuss. Yeah. All right, so without all but oh, also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and on Apple Podcast and on... Google Podcasts, and on, um, what's the, Spotify, that's the main one now. Spotify. Yeah. Follow us on that. Um, also on Stitcher. Yeah. The more people who follow us, the more other people see that, hey, this is popular, let's see what this is, and they get hit with some church unity, and all of a sudden they want to be more united, and the church is united, and you guys helped us accomplish the mission, and then the podcast will end and we'll all be set. Yeah. Imagine like two years from now, when we have, we're the first podcast with over 10 million followers and you can be like wow i was like the eighth yeah you, you you can be that eight sort of we we get kind of like 150 people who listen to it i don't know how many people follow so probably yeah you probably be number eight makes sense yeah a lot of people listen not a lot of people follow which would be great if the people listening did follow It would help us a lot yeah is there any other news with that I don't believe so. That was a really long introduction. Thank you for hanging in there with us, guys. So, today, we've something really fun and special TJ came up with. That's not what happened. Did I come up with it? Yeah. Alright. I honestly didn't know how it happened. I just knew we didn't have a booked guest, so instead we just created two guests using ourselves. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There, It's just us. Yeah. Yeah. It's just us today. Um. But... We're going to play a game with it. We want you guys to help us decide who wore the mic better. Is that a thing? Who wore the mic better? We're both wearing the mic. Oh. Hmm. Who hosted better? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. We want you guys to let us know. What we're going to do is... DJ, who's going first? You or you? I was going to go first.
1: But I think it made more sense for you to go first.
0: When we say go first, you mean I'm hosting first? Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay, okay. I'm going to host half an episode of a podcast. Well, Really, the whole podcast, but it'll be half as long as usual. Where the whole TJ, podcast. Yeah, where TJ will be the guest, I will be the host. After which, we'll flip the tables. TJ will start over with me as the guest and him as the host. And then uh, we'll wrap this up and hopefully you guys can uh, comment on Facebook, Instagram, shoot us a message or something. And we want some votes to see who was the better host, or who was the better guest? We just want to know which one you liked better. Yeah, and if you vote for me, I'll give you all a dollar. Yeah, which either way, he does win, because he was either a better guest or a better host, so... Yeah, I would just like to know which one he's better than me at. Please let me know. Or it could be both. What if you're better at both? Can both win? Well, that would that would track as, uh, you know, better at everything. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. That, yeah. That's pretty much your whole life, just being better than me. Mm-hmm. I'm still upset that's about Killer Bunnies. About. He beat me at Killer Bunnies for a whole year. I showed him the game Killer Bunnies. It's my game. I'm sad I about beat
1: it. everyone. I beat everyone at <laughs> Killer Bunnies for year. Yeah, you didn't lose at all. It was great.
0: <sighs> all right. So uh, I'm going to start hosting now. Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua. And today we have Tiberius One. Oh, it's nice to be here, Joshua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what we like to do when we start off is, uh, I kind of already introduced myself, and I, I think they sort of know who you are, you're a pretty popular guy with our group, but uh, we like to do an icebreaker question, and uh, today I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite thing about Hippopotamus? About the Hippopotamus, yeah.
1: Hippopotamus?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I can go first. Yeah, yeah, that way you have time to think about it. I don't have to think about it. Oh. Okay. Did you want to go first? No, you go ahead. Okay. My favorite thing will be their teeth. I like how they have a very unique jaw, and I like their longer teeth are actually a source of ivory, which I find very interesting. Their other teeth, their molars, when they wear out, that's when a hippo dies, so their life expectancy is directly correlates with their teeth, and I just find that interesting.
1: My favorite thing is, uh, they can outrun every human alive on land.
2: They're also so dense that they can't actually swim. What? They can't swim? No, they just sink. And for them to float, it's apparently very hard.
0: Fascinating. That is actually fascinating. I really thought you were just going to inform us that the sea cow was kosher because I, I, I know you like saying that, so. Yeah. You already got out of the with Pete in, though, so. Yeah. Alright, cool stuff. So, we've done a lot of podcasts together and we like to joke around a lot. One of the things I found most interesting, you know, with the God moments and just, you know, with us in daily life, we, you know, we hang out, we're on the couch playing games, whatever. You have what we've termed casual spirituality where you're very in tune with spiritual stuff like you really believe god is there for stuff um, i'm thinking specifically of like when we went to the podcast with marine dolores the what was the name of that one female pastor's talk yeah yeah and we didn't have any food or anything and you're like no nah, no we'll just have food it'll be okay and we show up and there's food and instead of you know doing like a lot of real church of people who are like, well, glory, you know, I prayed for food and God gave me food and making a big show. You're just like, yeah, yeah, God was there. It's like, sort of like when you have a good friend, you just casually, like, you know that person's there for you. I, um... Do you, could you comment some on that casual aspect of your spirituality? Yeah, well, who's a... Like what you said, who's a better I've always been taught to believe that God will provide, and if you believe, then God will provide. Uh, I'm not saying uh, stop trying.
1: You know, it's if you are in a situation where you cannot do something, but it has to happen, I believe God will make that happen. Or what does happen is what God meant for. You meant to happen, if that makes sense. So, it's really based off of
2: faith and as the biblical definition. And,
0: uh... What would you say is the biblical definition of faith? Oh, uh, well, if I can look at it right now, it's Hebrews
1: 11.1. 1. Uh literally defines faith. Just a second. But uh, it starts with now faith.
2: I'm not actually on it yet. My phone's pretty dumb. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, a lot of people try for those smartphones. I- I'm glad me and you made the choice to stick to dumb phones. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious joke. Thank you. You're, you're, you're welcome. I was just trying to bide you some time. Uh, okay. So, uh, this is from the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, it says, now faith of... Is the reality. This is Hebrews
1: eleven one. Okay. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Uh, for it is by our an- for by it our ancestors won God's approval, uh, and it goes further. Talk about what faith has done, and uh, people in the Bible having faith and being provided for. Uh, but that's the entirety of Hebrews eleven. It's faith. But uh, I've always, well, in the past long time, at least, uh, I remember Chris Galloway taught about that specifically at one camp. And uh, since then, it's always stuck with me.
0: Yeah, I... It's kind of one of my pet peeves when people are like, oh yeah, blind faith. Because faith in of itself is defined as something that has substance. It's not blind. It's... Founded on experience, on fact.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. But faith, by definition, is one.
0: Mm, see, but you just because, defined because it Because
1: it's the proof of things not seen.
0: But it's the proof. Of something okay, I can, you can yeah, yeah, I can still see where it's... It's about things you can't see. But faith itself... Yeah, when people talk about blind faith a lot of times I feel like they just mean I have faith without any reason for my faith. You know? And that's not faith. There has to be a reason. Thus yeah. the word substance. But I also see what you mean, yeah. Like you don't have to see it, you just know. Exactly. You can't
1: see it. That's
2: Yeah. A
0: big part of it. Yeah. I um
1: but uh, it's to have unwavering faith is I feel like what you're Talking
0: about. Yeah. Well, and what's what's interesting to me, so I got follow ups with that. Um, you know, in the Bible a lot of times you'll have where people are putting on sackcloths and, you know, falling to their face and crying before God and begging him and you know, you have that whole process and then once something good happens, they have a whole party. It's not casual a lot of times in the Bible. But then there are also times where someone's just talking to God. Like that's their daily activities to just, you know, um, Adam, the original plan was to literally walk the garden with God. I think to like, like uh, last weekend, I was walking the beach with uh, my fiance and my best friend, Mark. And that's what I think. Like, I think that was God's original plan, right? Was to just have these casual walk and talks with Adam, which, you know, Adam is Hebrew for mankind. So I just, I see that. I know personally, that, that was one of my closest times with God is when I used to go on these long walks or I still love hiking, and i just casually talking to God. So is it one of those things like, um, is there a time and place where even TJ needs to put on sackcloth and fall to the ground, or is there, should we always be casual? I'm not going to say that you should always be one, or that you should periodically be the other.
2: Uh, how you decide to talk to God is a big part of your walk.
0: And it is not my place to tell you how to do that. Hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, because I feel like we de- we definitely see both kind of outline. You see where David was a very kind of emotional guy. And, you know, you read through the Psalms and he says some crazy stuff. You're like, wow, this guy was really passionate. But then you still see, like, um... Paul, I guess, had had some anger stuff, but for the most part, you see, when Paul talks about spirituality, it's almost cold. It's like, yeah, this is how it should work. This is how the function should look like. And you're like, huh. He just laid that out like a textbook. Uh And I think God transforms our spirit, our personality, but he also created us with a specific personality to kind of show a different side of the relationship he wants to have with all mankind. Right. I feel like when we talk about casual spirituality, uh,
1: the image some people might have is not what we're talking about. Uh, casual spirituality is not to imply that there is no intention to spirituality. It's, you are very, it's, it's that unwavering faith that lets you know for a fact that God is there and that God will support you.
0: Yeah, it's not just like oh, you know, it's whatever. God just to help. Go, go go. It's uh, still being intentional in your faith to believe God will provide. Yeah. I'm thinking. Um, obviously, there's times where I don't think it, it's proper to be casual. Like I'm thinking, we go to the prodigal son. You know, prodigal son. He royally messed up. So when he comes back ready to beg his father right for forgiveness he's ready to beg for forgiveness for change to be back in even if it's just as a servant he makes a big show about it and he's really emotional and he's just all of that that makes sense i think there's a time and a place where all of us have to go before god broken passion you know but i also yeah, think gosh. like uh like i need to help with groceries the other day and it wasn't a big thing for me to call my dad and be like hey uh I get just the money for groceries or could you help me out just buying a couple things? Whatever. That's not a big deal, you know? Like, I don't call him and ask, Dad,
2: may I please,
0: please have 50 cents for a banana? You know, like, it's, it's, you know, it's my dad. I'm like, hey, I, I know him. I love him. I have this relationship with him. I know I can ask, and he is there for me. And I think that's the kind of relationship I see you have with God, where you're like, no, 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 God's my dad. Like, I know if I'm like, hey, man, I'm hungry. My dad's going to be there for me. Yeah, because God is our Father. Yeah, and, and I think that's a good way of putting it. And you know, to I guess go a little bit further into that, I think it's really healthy. You know, I don't I don't think it's healthy for people to constantly be begging at God to be like, God, would you please act like my dad? No, he is your dad. You don't need to beg him all the time. Not that there's wrong, but it's you don't need to. Once you're comfortable in your relationship with God, I don't think there's a need for that. There's almost, it's almost proper to be more casual about it. I, um... Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that either. Uh, it is definitely some people's belief that they should always beg God for a deeper connection. And I respect that. That's just not what is meant for me. I can see for a deeper connection. I just, I don't know if it's proper to beg him for the things he's already said he's gonna do. Not that it's improper, not that it's wrong, I just don't think it's.
1: You don't think it's required?
0: Yeah, like it's not like God's like, I'm waiting on you to beg before I give you that. You know, God's, he's there for you. He's not waiting on you to beg. He wants to be there for you so that he can show himself. Yeah. But, I see what you're saying too. There are people who just. It's like they need to beg; it makes them feel closer to God. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I see that too. I um obviously me being me, I've been reading C.S. Lewis recently, and uh, I've been going back through the Four Loves, and uh, I there's some there's a part where he's talking about romantic love, and he's specifically Lewis is talking about sexuality, and he makes a really controversial point. Where he's like, I think we take it too serious. And then he corrects himself. He's like, actually, probably just the wrong kind of seriousness. And it's interesting because he talks about how our bodies don't always work the way we want them to. And when we take it as serious as we do, we almost end up making sexuality a god. And, you know, to, to see his point now, you just have to look at the LGBT movement. You know, people take their sexuality to so much a part of who they are that they treat it like it's all of that they are. And that's the wrong kind of seriousness. Not that it's not serious, but when you take it to be the most important thing, you miss the rest of your life. And I think that's really what he's getting at. Um, and it's only because you know he talks about how it is a serious thing, but so is eating. And he talks about how you know, theologically, socially, all this other stuff, sexuality is important, but theologically, socially, and all this other stuff, eating is important. But we don't go around identifying ourselves by what we eat. We don't go around, you know, how dare you make a joke about food? You know, like, it's it's not like that. And it's really interesting because he, when he's going on, he's talking about the body, he talks about uh, St. Francis and how St. Francis used to call his body brother, I'll say donkey, for the sake of our listeners. But, uh, you know, in that time, they didn't say donkey. But, uh, and he said, yeah, that that's appropriate. Our bodies are stubborn. Our bodies... Don't always do what we want them to do, etc. Whatever, and I wonder if a lot of times we take our spirituality with the wrong kind of seriousness. Uh, okay. Can like, you think
1: of any
0: examples of that, though? Yeah, like um, I'm trying to like, cause I I don't want to call anybody out. I'll call myself out. I can do that. I know. In high school. I'd be tempted to, you know, look at something on the computer or say something bad to somebody. And a lot of times I would react by, I'm going to go through a one-week fax. Like, it was my hard rule for myself. And I don't think it got me any closer to God. It just made me feel like, okay, I made amends. I could check this off now and not have to feel bad for this sin anymore, you know? And when I think about something, I think casual spirituality prevents that kind of mindset when you know that God's going to forgive you and you're comfortable with your relationship with God, you're not going to go, okay, I thought about something bad, now here's my rules for myself and how I need to check off kind of like a legalistic mindset. It's like, I'm wondering if you think casual spirituality protects you from legalism. Uh, I would like to say yes, just because I'm not even sure what the definition of legalism is. So, um, It's basically, the people who treat... Salvation like it can be earned or like it can't or like you know salvation means here's a list of what you can do and what you can't do instead of realizing it's just a relationship with God. Okay. That wow, that word makes no sense for that definition. Yeah, people people use legalism to mean a bunch of different things, honestly. It needs to be defined better. But uh I think
1: you know, there, there's a season for all things. If the season you are in requires you to take a one week fast after you commit a egregious sin, then so be it. Uh, I don't want to say that's a bad thing, necessarily, because if you,
0: if you believe it is deepening your connection to God, or deepening your faith, then it is meant to happen. Yeah, I think. And if you don't believe it's deepening your connection to God and your faith, then is there's really no point to doing it. Yeah, and I think that's my problem with my own past ways of doing that, is it wasn't a deepening my relationship with God thing as much as it was a how do I keep myself from feeling bad. Like, it was still centered around me, as opposed to centered yeah. around my relationship with God. Whereas now... I think I picked up some of it from you, but I think some of it I just kind of happened on myself with the whole casual spirituality thing. I feel like I'm a lot more casual with God now. Like, I can think about something be like, oh, that was wrong, and just, you know, pray without ceasing. Like, I'm always praying. I'm always talking to God in my head, and I'm like, hey, why did I think that? Why did I feel that way? And, you know, sometimes God will give me an answer. Sometimes he'll just ease my spirit. Sometimes he leaves me hanging, you know? You don't always get the answer you want, but... You know, I'm not freaking out about how do I keep myself from feeling bad.
1: There's absolutely never a bad time to pray to talk to God. Uh, I've said this to a lot of people, but when I'm playing table tennis, it is a big time when it's not competitive. It is a big time that I can use to meditate and speak to God that way. But that's just how it is. A casual spirituality just means you can talk to God anywhere, uh, at any time.
0: You don't have to go to a prayer chapel or get on your hands and knees or speak in
1: tongues. Yeah,
0: yeah we talk about tongues a lot more on this podcast than I thought we would. Well, it's a yeah. major part of our denomination. So. Yeah, makes sense. Oh man, so yeah, what? Well, another thing I want to talk about with the whole. Maybe we use the wrong kind of spirituality, or not spiritual, wrong kind of seriousness. Me and you have a lot more fun with our faith than I think some people have. You know? I was thinking about that the other day, like how a lot of people, you, when they talk about God, all of a sudden, it's all serious and it's all ma. Meanwhile, me and you love reading from... What's that version of the Bible you got that we love reading songs out of? Uh
1: The Hawaiian Pigeon Bible? Yeah. It's like...
0: It's like, um... I feel, I feel as though, with you and myself, the joy of the Lord, like that part of the, our spirituality, is really important to us. Is that, has that always been a thing for you, or is that just like, one day it became important?
1: Well, you know, as a, uh, as a child, spirituality is never really explained, or emphasized at all. So, it definitely wasn't a thing until I was at least ninth grade. It, it's just not something I ever thought about.
0: Yeah. Huh. You know, I think the whole joy aspect might come from camp. Like, I think our mentors at camp stress the joy part of your relationship with God enough that I'm like, I think we both got it from them. Can we blame Chucky? Yeah. Chunky Chandler, if you finally decide to listen to this, <laughs> uh, we're going to come to ECCF and we're just going to force you to be on the podcast. Fun stuff, fun stuff. For that. Nice. So uh, just just final couple questions then. is um, Do you think casual spirituality is something that if other people started doing a little bit more, it would help us be more united? That they were a little bit more casual in their faith? Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, being casually spiritual enables you to not think how often does this person go pray, Uh, how often does this person really believe. I think if everyone was casually
1: spiritual, then uh, we'd be able to talk to each other a lot more, Uh, we'd be able to go close to each other, and we'd worry less about the you worry less about the bigger issues, so to say. Yeah. Uh not to say they're important, but yeah. I think for person to person connection that they are not. Until you get into that those deeper levels of intimacy where you should agree on those bigger issues.
0: Yeah. Like, is Jesus real?
1: Yeah. yeah
0: that makes sense. Um Oh, yeah, I I did, just just for my own curiosity's sake, because I know when we started this podcast, it was just me, and you were there, but you weren't an active part, and you've slowly become more, yeah, yeah. you were in the background of the Pastigari episode, it was great, but you slowly became more and more involved, until now, you know, we're both co-hosts, and this is our podcast, and it's, and I remember at one point you saying you were surprised to find out how much people do care about unity. Um, has that grown on you anymore? Or have you kind of just stayed at that level? Uh, well, what do you mean? I'm, I'm still surprised that people care so much about church unity. Yeah. Just because most churches or denominations are more than willing to stick them to themselves.
1: I've heard in sermons people say, we don't need to be connected to the outside world. It's us against them. That's just not the truth. Yeah. But uh, it is still surprising when I hear people actually talking about unity within the church, if that's what you mean.
0: Yeah. Has, um, has being a part of this podcast affected your look on unity or how you go about trying to be more united with other believers at all? Well, uh, I'll tell you what. I don't think it has.
1: Just because, uh, you know, my level of casual spirituality is uh, it enables me to continue doing what I'm doing, and when I see opportunities to incite unity, I act on those.
0: Uh, but aside from that, I actually don't think much has changed. Interesting. So, you did say you think more people got to be a little bit more casual in their spirituality, that we could see more unity. Um, what what exactly would that look like? How would people do it? And what would the end result be?
1: Well, it would look a lot more accepting of others. Uh, everyone would be more together,
0: if that makes sense. Yeah. It would be very therapeutic for most people. What's the most and practical way to take a step in that direction? See, that
1: is not an easy question.
2: Because
1: <laughs> I never had to take any of those steps.
0: So just trust God. Trust God. Uh, don't panic. Be content with God's grace. Uh, I mean, I'll take like little opportunities to try to talk to God casually. Uh, you know, just sitting down, doing nothing. Talk to God. Find their table tennis. Or, you know, walks, yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody has that thing that relaxes them. And that's a good time to talk to God. Yeah. I, um, man, you said don't panic, and I'm just thinking about, like, Hitchhiker's Guide has the, uh, the, the book series, or and the movie, they talk about how the actual guide to life that they have has on the back big letters that just say "Don't panic," and that—that's that, what I thought about. When you said that. I was like, oh yeah, don't panic." That, that's just good life advice, Christian or not, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Which is a terrible thing for people with you know, chronic anxiety that they can't just not panic, but <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. that's unfortunate. Well, oh, hey I really appreciated your time. It was good stuff. Um, hopefully we can all learn to be a little bit more casual about just everything. Yeah, oh, um, I'm okay, so. Before we go, uh, could you read a couple verses? the Black Pigeon Bible? Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Just find us something good to read.
1: Um, your favorite New Testament Bible verse?
0: Galatians five one. Galatians 5.1 Yeah. For go. the Galatia people. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. I, actually I'm gonna read from uh, the Christian Standard Bible in the Line Pigeon Bible. Okay, yeah, so, so they can compare. Yeah. Galatians five one in the
1: Christian Standard Bible says for freedom Christ set us free. Stand firm then And don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. That's five one. Yeah, my favorite. good stuff.
0: No, no. Uh, Let's just let's just hear Hawaiian version. I'm excited. All right. So, little background: the Hawaiian Pigeon Bible was written by two old white people that uh, went to a mission on a mission
1: trip to Hawaii to spread the word, and decided to make it easier for the Hawaiian natives speaking their Hawaiian English, uh, that they should translate it into Hawaiian Pigeon, which is just a slaughtered version of the English. It's like a uh, Creole English word. If you live in the Low Country,
2: it's like Geechee or... <laughs> oh man, I can't remember what it's But yeah, yeah, it's like
1: that for a lot of people. It's hilarious. Very controversial when it came out. But, uh, for the Galatia people 5, Christ will let us go, so we no gotta do what the rules say or we'll get them right with God. So then, hang in there and be strong. No let them buggers pile up all kind of rules on top of you guys again. Yeah. No That's let...
0: Galatians five one. What, for what?
1: the Galatia
0: people. What was it? No let those buggers pile up those rules on you again?
1: No, let them buggers pile up all kind of rules on top of you guys again.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being on the podcast, man.
1: Yeah, uh, anytime. Cool. Most times,
0: actually. Not anytime. And cut. Now is it your turn?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think so. Cool. <sighs> Alright. Welcome to the
0: Whole Church Podcast. Thanks. Part two of this episode. Uh, I am your host... TJ Blackwell,
1: and we have with us today uh, Joshua Noel. Uh, Joshua, would you like to
0: introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Paul. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime. <sighs> Should I actually say something about myself?
1: Nope. All right. All right. This is Joshua. He started this podcast. Uh, let's let's just get right into it. Okay. So. We do start each episode with an icebreaker question, and I would like to ask you an icebreaker question.
0: I'm so excited.
1: Uh, you probably shouldn't be. Okay. Oh, okay. What is your favorite non-Justice League, non-Main
2: Avengers superhero team? You also can't choose a Fantastic
1: Four.
0: Man. Um, Hellboy's group doesn't count, does it? No. I'm going to say no. Because it's not like an officially named team, but I do like those. Oh, it's,
1: it is. What? He's part of an organization.
0: Oh, I don't know the name of that organization. I'm upset. I like them a lot, though. Hmm. Oh. I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to go with the Teen Titans. That's a good choice. Easy choice. Yeah, I just really like uh, I like Robin later, Nightwing, good guy. Yeah,
1: we're, we're 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 good friends.
0: So do you like yeah you know, the new Teen Titans
1: versus the old Teen Titans
0: or? Oh, old Teen Titans were way better. Like
1: way. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't mean like the shows. I just mean
0: yeah, in the comics. I just they go from being young to being old. Yeah, I like I like the younger ones. I thought it had a lot more of um. It had more personality to me. Plus, it was a lot more interesting to see these young kids try and figure out what to do with some very serious villains. So it's like, it was interesting. Plus, you know, I was young at the time, so it was very much like a, it was more relatable. If that makes sense. Got it. So is it, I I, I don't mean to keep dragging on
1: into this, but is it, it's just, is it just the show that makes that your
0: favorite? Um, I read some of the comics, but probably mostly the show, because I never was able to find an entire art of the comics. So I never got to finish a whole story with comic book Teen Titans. Got it. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. So your Thank turn? Very much. Alright. Uh, my favorite non big three, I guess you could call those, uh, is probably the Great Lakes Avengers. Fascinating. Uh, is it because of because Squirrel? It is 100% because of Squirrel. Girl. You just wanted to talk about Squirrel, Girl, didn't you? No, nope, that's just, this is All just right. a fact. Uh, they actually played a somewhat significant role in the Civil War event. But, uh, I do love the Civil Deadpool War was also part of the Great Lakes of for a short time. It's just,
1: it's like one of those little joke teams. Joke teams, that, okay. Uh, that actually has a major role at another point, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really not close, except for the Marvel Knights, and, the, the Runaways.
0: The Runaways are cool. I really liked the, the new Avengers. I, I felt like you weren't going to let me say that, because, you know, they're still sort of Avengers, they're just not the main Avengers, but it's Yeah, no, um, they're not the main Avengers. The new Avengers is different. Yeah, I like them a lot, because it had Kamala Khan, who is, you know, the new Miss Marvel. I love, I love her, whole story. I have the entire first arc of her comics is in my living room because they were great. Um, you know, she's the first Islamic superhero in the comics. And also see who else they had They had Miles Morales. I liked him a lot. They didn't have Tony Stark. I liked that a lot. Cause you know, I don't like him. It was just, it was good. They had the girl Thor too. Fun stuff. Yeah. Just very interesting. Alright, so let's jump
1: right into our actual questions. Uh, thanks for sticking with us and actually listening to all that. <laughs> People care about superheroes, uh, alright? You started this podcast. Whoa, really? And, okay. And originally, you went to... Well, let's talk about your school. You went to school for... What was it? What was your first major? When you Ooh. went to college?
0: I think originally it was marine biology. Right. at that point, did you ever think that you would start a church unity podcast? Not at all. I, I think at that point I cared about God and the church as much as I know I needed to not sin so I could go to heaven. And because I had to deal with God where, hey, if I don't do anything wrong, I just need you to let me have this girl I was with. And my whole plan was to just, you know... Marine biology makes money, we'll make money, we'll have house, I'll have girl. The end. Yeah, it was boring. And when,
1: over the next several years, uh, your spirituality blossomed, I would say, uh, when did that happen, what steps did you take to follow up on that?
2: You just mean
0: like my whole spiritual journey? Yeah. Well, um... Uh, let's see, I'm trying to, I don't want to give out all of the details, but um, after a couple years, me and the girl I was with had some really, uh,
2: I'll,
0: I'll say tragic, I think bad things, bad things happen. Um, I ended up getting out of school, um, me and that girl broke up, and I was at a very low place in my life. And at that point, I started trying to prove that God wasn't real, because if he wasn't real, that means he didn't betray me. If he was real, he didn't let me have a girl, and as such, I felt like he betrayed me. So I was like, ah, God can't be real, I just gotta prove it. I think I read the Bible 15 times that year, just looking for something to be like, yeah, that was wrong. Um, really, all I discovered was I was reading the Bible wrong in the first place. That's when I started getting into some hermeneutics and stuff. I ended up going to Charleston Southern. Because me and that girl were supposed to go to Charleston, different colleges, and you know be together. Yeah, she didn't go. I did go. Um, and then while I was there, my grandfather died. A little girl that I used to be the children's leader for passed away. Um, a bunch of other people died too. Lots of death happened. And I went to an even lower place. And uh, felt like I couldn't get back up. And then when I was starting to get back up, I got hit by that truck and, you know, sort of died. That was interesting. And I think it was at that point when I was at my actual lowest, I remember going into a surgery and thinking, I just, it's almost like I could hear the verse where it was like, uh, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of um love, joy, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but... I could hear that verse, and I know I didn't know that verse, and I went into it. There was just a lot of other spiritual stuff around it. Um, I remember when I was blacked out thinking my one friend was going to go through some really specific stuff in his life. And then those things happened a month after the surgery, and I was like, okay. And I think at that point, it was almost like I was forced to believe in my own spirituality or to at least be accepting of that part of me because it was all too real then to deny. It was all too real to not kind of go full force in. And because of all the stuff that I had dealt with, and um, I was really close to the Hagermans, you know, from Paraguay, and I talked to some of their daughters, and hearing some of the stuff going on overseas, I kind of got really aggravated seeing different divisions in the church and people arguing about different stuff in the church. So my spirit, so, you know, being forced to accept spirituality and seeing people care about these problems that just, Why do you care about that when little girls are dying, when all this stuff's happening in Paraguay, when all this other stuff's happening all across the world? It made me a lot more passionate about trying to get the church on the same page so that we can care about the stuff we need to care about. Right. All right. Thank you very much.
1: So, when this isn't the first podcast you started, actually. Technically, it is. Of, of your first podcast. Would you like to tell
2: us about that? Yeah, I think
0: it was originally the New Life Health Ministries podcast or it, well, it might have been called the Team's Out podcast then. I don't know what it was called then. I want to think it was the New Life Health Ministries podcast. But um, yeah, we were writing stuff online just about, you know, real issues and about how the church needs to be united and going through the Bible. And, you know, I'm big on hermeneutics, so we talked a lot about that. Uh, I did a whole series on how to read the Bible. And uh, when we were writing it, different we people a lot of different questions and stuff, so we started, every now and then we would do a podcast episode with it, just to be like, hey, this is us talking it out, so they can kind of hear us talk out how we got to there and why it's important. And it was a very, it was very casual, and it wasn't like a weekly thing or even a monthly thing. It was just almost as needed.
2: If that
0: makes sense.
1: Right. Yeah, yep. it makes sense. So, I'm glad you mentioned hermeneutics seven million times already. Uh, I try. Because, <laughs> yeah, you do. You really do. You managed to entrench yourself so far into her- 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 hermeneutics and homiletics. Yeah, they're not connected, but they're connected, yeah. yeah. But, uh, it seemed to have been miles out of your mind that most people that listen to our podcast don't know what those are. Yeah, forget about if that. you go ask most people, we don't know what hermeneutics means. So would you like to give us a definition of hermeneutics?
0: Yeah, hermeneutics is just um, basically the literary study of the Bible. It's how you read the Bible and an understanding of what you do with different types of texts and different types of literature that's found in the Holy Scriptures. And and it's not just the Bible. Um, They use it for other religions as well, but for our purposes, it's the Bible. And do you feel like your
1: pursuit of hermeneutics has helped your spirituality?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like I said, I was at a really dark point once just trying to disprove God. And, um, yeah, I'll let people argue this with me later, but there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that seems to just flat out be wrong or to conflict with some other stuff that the Bible says. Um, even dates given in Kings and Chronicles, they don't always line up. And I'm like, ah, it's like I could have without any knowledge of hermeneutics, just been like, ah, there's the flaw. I can drop all of this now. But then understanding how the literature was read, how it was written, why it says it the way it says it, why certain things seem to conflict. Um, A good example I'm thinking of is in the Gospels, when Jesus is tempted. One of them has it where he's tempted to... With I I can't remember the exact order, but they have two different orders where he's tempted with three different things, right? And it's like um, he's tempted to create food, he's tempted to rule the earth, and he's tempted to jump off and see if the angel will save him. And uh, one Gospel gives it a different order than the other, because one of them is written to Jewish believers, and to those believers, it was far more important for that Jesus was tempted to be king. So they saved that for last. And um, the other one was written to a different group of people. So it was more important that to see that um, from you know I think it was a Gentile perspective to see that Jesus was more tempted to, to jump off and prove his own power. You know and. Um, and the literary style was, wasn't was such that this is historically what happened. The way those authors wrote, they wrote to emphasize points. So it wasn't that one was wrong and one was right. It was that that's not how the literature worked at that point. It wasn't a history book. And seeing that kept me from going, aha, the Bible's wrong, and just dropping my faith
2: altogether.
1: So do you feel like uh, Mr. Sloppy Joe, Uh, should sit at home and
0: decide to partake in hermeneutical study? I wouldn't say study. Um, I think, I think everyone who is going to say they're a believer needs to understand how the Bible is written. So that when they do come across these things, they don't just say, oh, the Bible was wrong and drop it or be like, oh, well, I don't understand this. This isn't important to me. All of the Bible is important. Um, was it In Hebrews, it says everything is useful for edifying and for building up. And um, I, I believe that's true. But I believe if you don't know how to read the Bible, it's harder for everything to be used that way. You know, it's difficult for people who don't understand why they wrote genealogies to go through Genesis and see, ah, so Seth begot all these people. Yeah, that really uplifted me. That doesn't mean anything to you if you don't understand the way the literature worked and the meaning behind the name Seth or any of that, you know. It can't uplift you if you don't understand it. Right. And it's so you believe
2: every person should understand hermeneutics,
1: right.
0: or just on a basic level. Pursue hermeneutics. Um, it's sort of like math. You know, I think everyone in our society should understand basic addition and multiplication, that kind of stuff. Because it's useful when you deal with your own finances, when you go out to the store, when you do anything. It's necessary to have a foundational understanding of math, right? But I wouldn't say everyone should go out and learn triple integrals right now so that they can figure out the exact area up behind the shadow that the Empire State Building's is casting. That's just, you don't need that. Not everybody needs that. But everybody does need basic math. And I think the same thing's true of Christians and hermeneutics. I think everyone needs to understand a basic level so that, you know, they don't go to Psalms and see, oh, it's so good when we cast babies against rocks and go, all right, so either the God's terrible or I need to start killing babies, you know? If you understand yeah. how the literature works, that's a lot easier to work with.
1: Well, Why do you think they used to have so many kids? <laughs> so you could cast them against the rocks. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not you need to learn everything.
0: You need to learn enough. You need to learn enough that the Bible makes sense to you. You know, I I have a big issue with with this just in general. Um, I love hermeneutics. It's fun for me. I know it's not fun for everybody. Not everybody needs to study it the way that I study it. But the fact that uh, you know, we we help with youth in our state now. You know, I know a lot of youth have problems reading their bible because it just doesn't make sense to them. And I think if we just taught a basic understanding or a basic level of hermeneutics in our churches, at our camps, at our retreats, then our youth when they're you know developing their real thoughts about faith in that, you know, middle school, high school, college age could actually develop their belief based on the bible instead of
2: based on what everyone tells them.
1: Most people will live their entire
0: life just going off what people tell them. Yeah. Like um. So. Yeah, go ahead. No, you can go. I was gonna say, like, one for me that's just a, ve- a very common example that I-, I use, not to discredit anyone, but just to show the importance of reading the Bible for yourself. A lot of people, you know, if you ask them when Paul got his name changed, they'll say it was when God stopped him him and made him mute for a while. You know you know that whole story. And I like showing them. If you read the Bible, there's a, there's a verse in Acts where it says, Saul, whose name is also Paul. And that is well past that story that everyone thinks he got his name changed at. Turns out, his name was never changed in the first place. He just had both names. One was a Jewish name, one was a Roman name. And also, it had nothing to do with that story. But because, you know, people understand this to just be true, or they've heard it from somebody who heard it from somebody else who heard it from somebody else, you know, it's, if you're not able to read it for yourself and you're not reading it for yourself, even that kind of stuff, like, that that seems like it should be basic. Right.
1: It's not even that
0: far-fetched of a concept.
1: I go by several names, but a lot of people know me as TJ, a lot of, like, four people know me as Tiberius.
0: Yeah, when when did you get your name? A lot
1: of people know me as Tegis. So it's not, it's just not that deep. Yeah. But, uh, thanks. Uh, I'm gonna ask one more question and then we can go into our outro activities.
0: Yeah. Do you believe that what we're doing on this podcast will help the church? Absolutely. I think I've seen it already doing some of that. You know, a lot of people have talked to me about their fear of Mormons and how they're able to talk to them more now. I know um, my brothers talked to me about stuff with the Catholic Church and how we don't agree with them on a lot of stuff, but seeing that we were able to just go to such a big church and the Father Pat was just willing to speak to us speaks volumes to the fact that people are willing to be united. And I think just knowing that people are willing to be united is causing our few listeners who are active to start reaching out more because all of a sudden we realize we can reach out more. And uh, even for myself, just doing that three o'clock saying the Lord's Prayer with St. Matthew's Church, that Catholic church there is... Oh. That makes me feel so much more united than I felt before. And I think feeling united inspires me to be more united. And I think it's... Honestly, I do think it's already starting to make a difference. And I'm excited to see what other new lessons we learn, and other things we can implement. Maybe I end up saying the Lord's Prayer with like 20 other churches decide to get on board. That'd be great.
1: Uh And do you think we're making a lasting change?
0: I think for some. um, I think that ends up depending a lot on the individual. You know, if you decide to keep doing the Lord's Prayer with St. Matthews and thinking back on him, then I think it'll make a lasting impact of how you feel towards them. Um, and not, not just them, but towards Catholics as a whole. A lot of Protestants still have, you know, ill feelings towards Catholics. Um, outside oh. of that, you know, I'm thinking like a Peter Inns, when he was talking about scholarly divide. You know, I think as much as you allow it to make an impact is how much it'll make an impact. And if you start actually doing some of the, you know, I, I always like to ask practical questions. And I think if you start doing some of the practical things, you'll see it have a lasting impact. But if you don't do anything, you just listen to the podcast, I don't think it's going to do anything for you. I think it's really just whether or not you take the practical advice or not.
1: Be intentional. Yeah. All right. uh, thank you for your time, Mr.
0: Noel. Uh, thank you for having this me. This is the part where we do our outro. Okay. Am I allowed to join as so, host again? Uh,
2: sure. Go ahead. Woo!
0: I'm back, guys. So, uh, are we gonna do our God moments? Uh, yeah. Go ahead, you can start. I got two. I got sandwiches. Oh it. wow, well, relaxing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. So uh, you do one. I'll do mine, and then you can do yours.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's because we're a day late. I just want to, or maybe two days late. I don't remember, but it, you know, it's for our listeners that they really need more. Yeah. So uh, first, our friend Mikey. We've talked about him before in the podcast. He mm-hmm. was in a house last week at his friend's place, when some people broke in with guns to rob the house. And uh, he ended up going to work the next day anyway. You know, he was in the police station all night and still went to work the next day. And he didn't really want to be there. He was just scared to call out. And it was so funny because when he told me about it, it wasn't funny. It It was bad. He told me about it. At first, I was upset because, you know, Mikey was just kind of in a bad mood at work. And I was like, hey, man, you're making my job harder. And I was so upset that he made my job harder. And I was like, this is my friend. He shouldn't make my job harder. Grr. And then he told me that. And I was like, oh, man. I never know what's going on in someone else's life. And it's like, I, I realize that all the time. Like, it's like something you just keep remembering. that, oh, yeah, I got to be cautious because you don't know what other people are going through. And God was just That's- like, hey, speak life. Hashtag Toby Mac. And I was like, Dad, you can't do hashtags. But You know, he did it anyway. <laughs> that's, that's a big part of casual spirituality. family. <laughs> when, when God says hashtag? You no, know, when, uh, you intentionally try to not disturb people because you don't know what they're going through. Yeah, you know, their life is equally as complex and as difficult with them as yours is for you. Yeah. That's, Universally true. Wisdom by TJ. Get that tattooed on you with your Dolores quotes. Alright. So, um, uh, yeah. is it my turn? Yeah. Are good? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, listeners of the podcast who are traditional, yeah, do not rake us over the coals for what I'm about to say. Oh, goodness. Uh, so, I was playing Dungeons & Dragons Monday night. Good job. It is not a demonic game. That is a horrible misconception. Please stop it.
0: People think that? Oh, yeah. Crazy. But I have never heard that.
1: Really? Wow.
0: I don't talk to a lot of people about Dungeons & Dragons either. So.
1: When uh, we played, uh, I wrote home with my friend Ryan. Uh, he has 21, 21 and a half credit hours this semester. Uh, he, he can only play on Monday nights. It's the only day we, he can do it at all. And, uh, in the past couple weeks, he's been, you know, vocally worrying about, you know, I'm not sure if this will work for me. Uh, it might just be too much to do, including my schoolwork. Uh, you know, junior year of college is kind of a big deal. Uh, but, when we were on our way to my house, uh, he was telling me about how he, genuinely thinks playing D and D is gonna help him not you know destroy himself
2: with his workload. And uh that was it feels good to play a game that for so long had probably the worst reputation of any game ever. What? And, uh, it what? does.
1: How have you never heard of it? we'll talk about it later. But <laughs>
0: I was just so intrigued. To have it feel like, to help someone so much in their
1: pursuit of theological education. Uh, he goes to North Bimba University, he majors in worship ministry. Yeah. But that's, I, that's something I really like to see. I'm really glad that happened. Wow. Crazy.
0: Good stuff. Um, so, my second God moment (laughs) was, uh, over this weekend, I cut part of my thumb off while I was cutting steak, um, like a smart person. Someone handed me a knife and said, hey, this doesn't cut like a usual knife, and I was like, oh, cool, and then I found out it cut really quick, and I was like, I wonder how quick, and then, uh, what
1: kind of knife was it?
0: No idea. You have to ask Mark, with the cue. But, uh, yeah, I realized it cut really quick, because it was incredibly sharp, and then I was like, I wonder how quick I can cut it, and then I cut my thumb very quickly as well. And um what ended up being spiritual-ish about it was, oh, first off, I did do the, the casual thing, you know, I was like, oh, hey guys, I just cut off a good bit of my thumb, and just walked over to the sink and held my bleeding thumb into it, and uh, let other people take care of it, because I realized, huh, this hurts enough that I probably shouldn't be trying to do it myself, and uh Mark and his wife, Savannah, were doctoring me up and everything, and we end up going to... We're, like, in the bathroom, and they're trying to do all this, and my, my fiancé's there too, but she's not up close to it, and both of them were, of the opinion, I should have went and got stitches, and I'll they're Nah, I don't need that. That's for the week. You know, that kind of stuff that I usually say. and uh-huh. <laughs> And um, we wrap it up good. It's still bleeding, like, a couple hours later, and I'm saying, no, it'll be fine, and um, I ended up just kind of saying, you know, when... My fiancé thinks I need to get stitches. I'll trust her word over my own. I will go. And she's like, nah, he's probably fine. Just rub some dirt on it. Because, you know, she didn't think it was that bad either. And then um, the next day we got home, and she was looking at it, and she was like, oh, wow, maybe you should have. I didn't realize how deep it was. Because she wasn't all up in it like they were when we were at the house. And I realize sometimes... I'm trying to think of it. I'm not... I'm intentionally not observing, you know, like that. Whereas like, All I don't the want, time. Yeah, I don't want to that happens a lot. all up be in something. And then I still try to make decisions without being all up in it. And I'm like, man, that's just, that's an awful way to be. And I think about it, I'm like, God is never that. It's so weird. Like, I know that's a roundabout way to get to it, but it's, God is always all up in our business. He always is like, yeah, hey, I can see how much of that's missing. You need stitches. Or he's always... In your bank account, going. I yeah, mean, you, you probably don't need to buy that monster. God is always so involved in every detail. So you never went and got stitches? Uh, no, of course not. That's for the week. So where's the chunk of your phone? Oh, Mark
1: kept it in the freezer. And you didn't take it home? No, I don't need it.
0: It wasn't a huge chunk.
1: You already have misshapen fingers. This is just.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's bad. <laughs> but, uh, but the, the point was just, I find it, so I've been thinking about it the last couple of days. It it's like an ongoing God moment, but just thinking about how involved God is and how aware he is of exactly what you need all the time. It's just a very humbling thought because you know, it's, I'm not that important, but he does that for me and he does that for every other person on the planet. He knows exactly what they need and that's just insane. God Moment Mark 2. I've had a very eventful week. Alright. So I think that's actually all we had slated for the episode. Uh, you know, Joshua, where can they support us? Uh, patreon.com. Forward slash the whole church podcast. Or just go to Patreon.com and look us up. Um, where can they send us feedback, DJ? Uh, send us
1: feedback by uh, texting me at, at beep, 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 beep. Um, Just, you know... <laughs> message us on Instagram go on Facebook Google podcasts I believe there's some way to leave a comment on there I have a podcast
0: you can review us let us know what you think is wrong or right yeah, that's possible too email us uh, the whole church us. us not the whole church podcast at gmail.com just the whole church at gmail.com um, also please let us know which half of this podcast you thought was better me hosting TJ or TJ hosting me either way we both win but we'd like to know how we won Unless you just want to specifically say TJ was a better host and also a better guest. In which case, please do that. I will find it funny. We already have one vote for that, so. Is it you? Or is it me? It's you. Oh, yeah, I I do vote that. (laughs) Alright, and uh, who's some future guests? Future guests, we have. uh, Are we still going to do Judy? No, I'm not really sure. I believe so. Uh, I was just on the phone yesterday with Brother McLaughlin. We're trying to figure that out. Um, as, as We're still hammering out the date. We thought we had a good one, but then it turns out something came up. So we're still hammering out a date. Brother McLaughlin's coming up soon. Um, Jeff White. Uh, Sister Jeff- Rose. And recently heard that Father Pat wants to come back, and I would really enjoy that. Uh, thank you, Walker. We have to do her episode two. Yes, yes, of course. And, uh, of course, at, at the end of this right. season. Francis right. Chan. He just doesn't know it yet. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you. Hey, guys. And one final announcement. I'm um, just going to let you all know now we're still getting some guests and some of the people coming up in the future. And going to take a couple weeks hiatus. So uh, just wait a few weeks and you'll we'll see us back. And, um, we won't have another podcast next week, which we do apologize for. It's just us getting ready to get you all some more great content here in the near future. All right. Thank you guys for listening.